In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Peace be with you. Brethren, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and lead us to everlasting life.
let us pray. O God, who have taught the hearts of the faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant that in the same Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Our reading from the Book of Wisdom. All men were by nature foolish, who were in ignorance of God, and who from the good things seen did not succeed in knowing Him who is, and from studying the works did not discern the artisan. But either fire or wind or the swift air, or the circuit of the stars, or the mighty water, or the luminaries of heaven, the governors of the world, they considered gods. Now, if out of joy in their beauty they thought them gods, let them know how far more excellent is the Lord than these. For the original source of beauty fashioned them. Or if they were struck by the might and energy, let them from these things realize how much more powerful is he who made them. For from the greatness and the beauty of created things, the original author by analogy is seen. But yet for these the blame is less, for they indeed have gone astray perhaps, though they seek God and wish to find him. For they search busily among his works, but are distracted by what they see, because the things seen are fair. But again, not even these are pardonable. For if so far succeeded in knowledge that they could speculate about the world, how did they not more quickly find its Lord? The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory Jesus said to his disciples, As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the days of the Son of Man. They were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage up to the day that Noah entered the ark. And the flood came and destroyed them all. Similarly, as it was in the days of Lot, they were eating, drinking, buying, selling, planting, building on the day when Lot left Sodom. Fire and brimstone rained from the sky to destroy them all. So it will be on the day the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, someone who is on the housetop and whose belongings are in the house must not go down to get them. And likewise, one in the field must not return to what was left behind. Remember the wife of Lot. Whoever seeks to preserve his life will lose it. But whoever loses it will save it. I tell you, on that night there will be two people in one bed. One will be taken, the other left. And there will be two women grinding meal together. One will be taken, the other left. They said to him in reply, Where, Lord? He said to them, Where the body is, there also the vultures will gather. The Gospel of the Lord. I welcome you all warmly to St. Joseph Cathedral as we celebrate this annual Gold Mass, a Mass in honor of church musicians and singers, those who commit themselves to the service of the Lord in true worship through the use of their talents and gifts. We hold this close to the feast of St. Cecilia, who is the patroness of music. St. Augustine says, he who sings well prays twice. And so tonight we have a lot of people praying twice. I am grateful to all of you for your presence, for your service of the church in the parishes throughout the Diocese of Columbus. Those of the lay faithful, the Second Vatican Council calls all the faithful to full active and conscious participation uh, in the liturgy, both interior participation in the liturgy, but also through singing. The liturgical reform uh, first begun by Pope St. Pius X, now 120 years ago, initially manifested itself by his encouragement of the lay faithful to sing the parts of the La Mass proper to themselves in Latin. And the lay faithful did that. And so we encourage you also to join in singing as much as you are able, but really singing in order to worship God. It's interesting, the first reading from the Book of Wisdom, which we heard tonight. All men were by nature foolish who were in ignorance of God and who from the good things seen did not succeed in knowing him who is. But he, and from studying the works did not discern the artisan. Yes, God is the divine artisan. He makes all things beautiful. The writer goes on to say, Now if out of 
joy in their beauty. They thought them gods, meaning the fire, the wind, the air, the stars, the mighty water, the luminaries in the heaven. Now, if out of joy in their beauty they thought them gods, let them know how far more excellent is the Lord than these. For the original source of beauty fashioned them. God is the original source of beauty. And truth, goodness, and beauty, the three transcendentals, go hand in hand in hand. The author goes on to say, For from the greatness and the beauty of created things, their original author, by analogy, is seen. When we go up a mountain and look out at the beautiful vista, we could say, ah, we could be in, caught up in awe and wonder. But do we stop at the sign, or do we go beyond the sign and ask a further question? Who made all these things? Who made this beautiful mountain? Who made the sky and the sun above or the stars in the sky? Who made all these things? The beauty of created things should point us to the beautiful one who made the created things. The same is true for us when we use our talents and gifts to praise God in song or with music, with timbrel and harp. We could listen to the sound and say, how beautiful. But then we should say, well, for whom is this song being sung? For whom is this beautiful music? If it is just to entertain us, well, I could just put on the radio or go out to a concert. Why come in here to a cathedral and sing? Is it just to hear ourselves? Or does the beauty of the music point us to the one who is most beautiful. St. Augustine, in his confessions, was far away from God for so long because he sought his pleasure in created things, in the loveliness of the world. But he did not seek his true joy in the one who created the created things. He missed out on the true loveliness for a good portion of his life until God broke through his deafness and, and blindness and touched his heart. Yes, the beautiful one can touch hearts because his love is beautiful. The Eucharist is often called the beautiful bread. On the outside, without faith, it looks like a oh, simple unleavened wafer but we look beyond the sign to the reality that he is truly present in his body, blood, soul, and divinity. We look beyond the sign to encounter the one who is really and truly present and can transform our lives and transform, indeed, our world. The author of the Book of Wisdom goes on to say, for they search busily among his works but are distracted by what they see because the things they see are fair. We look around and we see beautiful creatures all around us. And so we get distracted. 
But again, not even these are pardonable, for if they so far succeeded in knowledge that they could speculate about the world, how did they not more quickly find its Lord? Think about modern, modern science, how much speculation there is about the things of the world, about physical phenomena, about outer space, and even realms and galaxies which we will never reach but which we can see with a telescope. Think about how much speculation there is about things under a microscope, things unimaginable within the cell, which now we can see, which once we couldn't, things that are irreducibly complex. If we can speculate about all those things, how is it that our generation does not more quickly find its Lord? In the Gospel, Jesus also talks about this. In the days of Noah, people are eating and drinking, marrying and being given up, given up in marriage, and there Noah is building a huge boat. He's building this boat for weeks and weeks it must have taken him. And nobody stops saying, hey, Noah, what are you doing? Why are you building that boat? Why are you building a boat out of gopher wood, and why are you building it so big? And then all the animals start getting on the boat, two by two. Nobody stops to ask. Nobody stops to say, hey, maybe I should get on that ship. They paid no attention to the signs or the one who was giving them the signs. And then the flood came and destroyed them all. So it was in the days of Lot. They were eating, drinking, buying, selling, planting, building. No one's saying, hey, why are Lot and his wife packing up? Why are they getting out of Dodge? Not a one. And then the whole city was destroyed with fire and brimstone. They didn't say, hmm, Lot has a different God. Jesus also says, remember the wife of Lot. We don't know anything about the wife of Lot. We don't know even her name. What we do know about the wife of Lot is that she was not of Abraham and Lot's faith. Lot had not done well to bring her to his faith. Perhaps he had not lived it well. Perhaps he had not spoken explicitly about it to her. But Lot loved her enough to bring her with him. But she looked back. She thought of the places where she grew up. She thought of her family member, her friend. Maybe not bad things. She must have thought of the place where she played or used to eat. But she didn't look forward to the good things God was preparing. Instead, she looked back to that place of sin, and she was turned to a pillar of salt. Remember the wife of Lot. Do not look back to the things of the world. Do not look back to the sins in which you took pleasure. Look forward instead to the good things God has prepared for you, to the promises he's given to those who are faithful to him, to heaven. That is our true destiny. Look to the signs of the kingdom in our midst. It is here, but not yet here in its fullness. It is true that if we pursue the kingdom, some things will have to die. Whoever seeks to preserve his life will lose it. 
Whoever loses it will save it. Think of all the great martyrs. Thomas More comes to mind, the king's good servant, but God's first. St. Cecilia, she could have easily given up the faith. Instead, she died, blessed, virgin and martyr. Jesus says, remember the wife of Lot, but I would say, remember the wife of Louis of Hungary, the royal prince. At age 11, he was betrothed to Elizabeth, who would become his wife. They were devout and faithful. And Elizabeth used all the benefices of her property to help the poor. She could look beyond the signs of people in their misery and see Christ. She understood the words of St. Matthew's Gospel, whatever you do for the least of my brothers and sisters, you do for me. And she sold eventually all her property, even her own dresses, and became a secular Franciscan to serve the poor, to serve Christ in the poor. There's a beautiful story once she encountered a leper, and so she brought him into the royal palace and quarantined him in the, in the palatial rooms. And everyone was upset with her, including her husband. And he went in to pull everything away. And there in the leper, she, he saw the stigmata. And he realized, this is Christ. How often we see the poor in our streets and do nothing. We see the hungry, and not only do we do nothing, we waste food. We have clothes on our backs, yet we don't take good care of them. We have the beauty of our churches here. When other people, Christians around the world, their churches are burned and they are forced to worship God in the forest. But they still know that it is God who made the trees and who deserves our worship. What type of kingdom do we pursue? The kingdom of the world or the kingdom of God? We want to be well thought of and well respected. We think sometimes having nice things is very important. Being well thought of. The only things the saints cared about were to, were to be do the works of God. St. Therese says to be pleasing in the sight of God. St. Francis of Assisi, that beloved saint, he was sanctified by his poverty. He had God alone as his father, and he knew it. And so he pursued the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness, and then all things will be given to you, Jesus says. Do we seek the kingdom of God, or do we just busy ourselves about with work? In 1946, the German philosopher Josef Pieper wrote a book, Leisure as the Basis of Culture. After the Second World War, you would think everyone had to work, work, work to rebuild everything. But he said it was important to not work, to take time, especially the Lord's Day and feast days, to simply be, because work is relative, to be and to contemplate the God who made all things, to be with God and to nourish a living relationship with him, the ideologies of the 20th century, especially the communists, said, work, be part of the state. Work, work, work. 
The Western economy said, work, be productive. We even say it now when we educate. We so strongly emphasize the sciences and productivity that we forget about the arts and music and simply contemplating the beautiful things around us. To be truly human is to appreciate that which is beautiful. We need to make time for leisure, to be anti-work at times. I'm not meaning slothful, but to un understand that we are made even to be with one another and to think about what God is doing, how God manifests himself, and how God will manifest himself at the end of time. Are we prepared? Two men, two people will be in one bed. One will be taken, another left. Two women grinding meal together. One will be taken, another left. How sudden, how quickly the Lord might come. And are we prepared? Last Sunday, ten virgins. Five wise, five foolish. Five prepared, five unprepared. Which will we be? This is the time to prepare ourselves, our hearts, for the Lord and his glory. At the conclusion of the liturgical year, we will hear the gospel for the Feast of Christ the King, Matthew, the Last Judgment. We think of immediately the Sistine Chapel, that powerful scene, and it points to something beyond. But if you notice in the, Sistine, in the painting of the Last Judgment, the Book of Death is very thick. The book of life, not so thick. Where do you want your name enrolled? Where do you want it inscribed? In the book of life or in the book of death? Noah and a few others were saved. Lot was saved by association with Abraham, our father in faith. We will be saved by association with Jesus Christ the one who is truly beautiful, the one whose love for us is beautiful, the one who gives himself to us as the beautiful bread, and the one who will come to judge the living and the dead and the world with fire. And it is this fire that is purifying at the same time. The Holy Spirit is often manifested as flames of fire as he descended upon the apostles at Pentecost and sent them forth on mission. May we go forth touched by the power of the Spirit, touched by the power of God's love, touched by the beautiful music which we will hear and realize that we are actually being touched by the finger of God. And if we are touched by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God is at hand. Now, with great confidence, let us stand and offer our prayers and petitions to our Heavenly Father, praying for the church, the world, and all those in need. For Pope Francis and for all the clergy, with the people entrusted to their charge, let us pray to the Lord. Lord for those who hold public office and those who assist them in promoting the common good, 
Let us pray to the Lord. For those who travel by sea, land, or air, for captives and all held in prison, let us pray to the Lord. For all of us gathered in this sacred place by faith and devotion and by love and reverence for God, let us pray to the Lord. For peace in our world, let us pray to the Lord. May the petitions of your church, O Lord, be pleasing in your sight so that we may receive from your mercy but we cannot ask out of confidence in our own merits. Through Christ our Lord.
Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. Sanctify, we pray, O Lord, the offerings made here, and cleanse our hearts by the light of the Holy Spirit, through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your heart. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord ascending above all the heavens and sitting at your right hand. He poured out the promised Holy Spirit on your adopted children. Therefore, now and for ages unending, with all the hosts of angels, we sing to you with all our hearts, crying out as we acclaim. You are indeed holy, O Lord, and all you have created rightly gives you praise. For through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, by the power and working of the Holy Spirit, you give life to all things and make them holy. And you never cease to gather a people to yourself, so that from the rising of the sun to its setting, a pure sacrifice may be offered to your name. Therefore, O Lord, we humbly implore you by the same Spirit, graciously make holy these gifts we have brought to you for consecration, that they may become the body and blood of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, at whose command we celebrate these mysteries. For on the night he was betrayed, he himself took bread, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, and gave the chalice to his disciples, 
saying, take this, all of you, and drink from it. For this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of Therefore, O Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the saving passion of your Son, his wondrous resurrection and ascension into heaven, and as we look forward to his second coming, we offer you in thanksgiving this holy and living sacrifice. Look, we pray, upon the oblation of your church and recognizing the sacrificial victim by whose death you will to reconcile us to yourself. Grant that we, who are nourished by the body and blood of your Son and filled with his Holy Spirit, may become one body, one spirit, in Christ. May he make of us an eternal offering to you, so that we may obtain an inheritance with your elect, especially with the most blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with blessed Joseph, her spouse, with your blessed apostles and glorious martyrs, with Saint Elizabeth of Hungary, and with all the saints on whose constant intercession in your presence we rely for unfailing help. May this sacrifice of our reconciliation, we pray, O Lord, advance the peace and salvation of all the world, be pleased to confirm in faith and charity your pilgrim church on earth with your servant Francis, our Pope, me, your unworthy servant, the order of bishops, all the clergy and the entire people you have gained for your own. Listen graciously to the prayers of this family whom you have summoned before you. In your compassion, O merciful Father, gather to yourself all your children scattered throughout the world. To our departed brothers and sisters and to all who are pleasing to you at their passing from this life, give kind admittance to your kingdom. There we hope to enjoy forever the fullness of your glory, through Christ our Lord, through whom you bestow on the world all that is good. Through him and with him and in him, O God Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. the Savior's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father,
Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace, I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not in our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant your peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. Behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. 
Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed.
Let us pray. May the outpouring of the Holy Spirit cleanse our hearts, O Lord, and make them fruitful by the inner sprinkling of his dew. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs>